Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. This is our June 24th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk, and I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. I'm excited to do my best to help you make the most out of this hour by answering your questions and giving you the right information that can help you make better decisions. I know it can be difficult. These times are challenging, they're complex. Uh, there's different than we've seen in decades, really in your lifetime, most likely. And that means that you have to take a, a step back, learn a little bit more, look further back historically, and not just rely on what you've seen over the past decade plus, because this environment of higher inflation and uh, fiscal dominance of, of the economy. This is something that really hasn't really, really hasn't happened in my lifetime, but it is an era that comes along consistently. Everything's a cycle. Okay. And being able to manage this cycle by using history with context and learning from that history. And that is vital to being able to manage your, your finances, your investments in this time, which is not unprecedented, maybe unprecedented to you, but is not unprecedented in the context of history. And so that's why I'm here today is to help you give you some context, some data, some perspective, and help you make better investment decisions. And in doing that, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which, as always, is independent thinking and shared success. So no matter what I'm speaking about, the market as a whole, a stock, a sector, an asset class, a strategy, I'm going to present it without bias. I'm just going to give you the facts that I have in front of me and the perspective of my 20 plus years of investment experience and my the lessons I've learned by studying history. I've done this going back hundreds of years. You can get data that far back. And all of that helps inform how you can see the current market environment. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all shades of the same. It's just being able to understand how it's similar, understand how it's different. So that's what I'm here to help you do. I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And that means you can interact with us right now during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time, 
or you can leave a question on our Anytime Invest Talk voice bank. Either way, that number never changes. 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Luke. I'm calling from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And I just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts are on DraftKings stock, ticker DKNG. The price has been pretty volatile lately, and um, I was wondering if this $49, $50 range is a good place to get in. And I want to know what your thoughts on the future of the company are. Thank you very much. Right, this is Giraffe Kings, and they operate, operate an online sports betting platform. About a $40 billion market cap, and they're expected to lose $2.38 a share this year. And the good news is next year, they're only supposed to lose $1.61. That's nice, isn't it? Well, the problem here is that it's still trading at pretty steep multiples. Enterprise value to revenue of 22 times. You can't calculate enterprise value to EBITDA or anything from a profit perspective because they're not profitable. And that's really the issue. Even their cash from operations remains negative and it's a competitive space. So I just don't see the value here. Uh, our value is much, much lower in the 20s. Now we're in the low 50s. So technically it looks relatively weak as well below all the major moving averages, 50, 100, and 200. And yet yeah, had a little bit of bounce here from the lows in May, but it's a pretty meager bounce. And I think this will eventually roll over once again. And so I am passing on Giraffe Kings. Now, my focus point today is concerning this report. Sales of newly built homes have slowed to their lowest pace in a year. In spite of the effects from the COVID-19 pandemic, new home sales were still 9.2% above where they were a year ago. So you're seeing that slowdown, but still stronger than what we've seen for 2020 and over the same time period. And we're going to cover this. What's driving the housing market now? What are the positive aspects that you can glean from reports and the current dynamics, not just right now, but going over the next few years? And what uh, maybe will bring the market back down to a, a reasonable level of sales and price appreciation or potentially depreciation? So we're going to touch on all of that. So that's what's on my mind, but I want to touch on the market real quick. We had the S&P having a very modest update, 24 points. You had the NYSE, once again, one of the broadest index. That was up about 120 points. So uh, a fairly strong day after a very uh, kind of a pause over the past couple of days. Remember that nice bounce rally in on, on Monday? And then we had a couple of pause days, and now you had that continued bit of follow through. Now, momentum in the market is waning. Said that, you should expect the back half of this year to be more, more volatile, less trendy. Had a very trendy up market for the first half. And you're starting to see that new, the reflection of a back half of the economy of, of the 2021 where there's less stimulus and more, not say scrutiny, but more. Uh, we're wondering what the Fed is going to do to limit some level of stimulus in the economy, especially for the housing market, which obviously we're going to touch on that. But really a nice follow through today 
after two pause days on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now we're heading into a quick break and our questions and question and answer session will continue in one minute. So hang on. Give me a call now with your finance or investment questions. 888-99-CHART. calendar. Summer is here. The market's been exhibiting volatility, so investors are exposed to vulnerability. But you can implement strategies to better protect your portfolio. Justin Klein is here now, and he's ready for your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Mike from Boston. Thanks for taking my call. I'm talking about CVR Energy, ticker symbol CVI. This is a petroleum manufacturing refining company currently trading at 17.34, and it looks like they're going to make around 94 cents a share based on my estimates for next year. They recently paid out a special dividend and just finalized that. So I own a small position in the company, and I'd be looking to expand. So if I could get your thoughts on that, I'd love to hear it on the podcast. Thank you. All right, looking at CVR Energy, CVI is the symbol, and they are a manufacturer, refiner of petroleum and nitrogen fertilizer products, so in the energy space, in more than just your uh, typical uh, carbon um, energy sources, and I like that a bit of diversity there. Now, their business certainly struggled during the pandemic. They were making $3.55, an all-time high in 2019, but they lost $2.28 last year. Expected to lose $1.23 this year, but back to profitability and $0.82 cents a share next year. So certainly recovering, and I don't see why they wouldn't get back to some level of profitability. It looks like they did eliminate their dividend post-pandemic, and and. Uh, they did pay a, a recent special dividend, but hopefully they get back to paying a consistent dividend because if you look at the the business, they historically have had very strong, consistent profitability. Return on equity has hovered right around the, the low 20s over the, the longer term. And I like that on average. I like a, a business that can operate uh, with consistent profitability, and yes, uh, so far over the past eighteen months or so, not so not so hot, but I think analysts and rightfully so see it getting back to solid, consistent profitability, and maybe returning to also solid, consistent dividend yield as well. So I like that. One thing you do have to understand, though, is that their dividend yield is kind of all over the place historically. They paid in two thousand thirteen. Of two twenty five, then up to three dollars in twenty fourteen. Then they dropped to two dollars in twenty fifteen for a few years, and so and then down to uh, uh, and then eliminated it last year. Uh, and that and the reason for this is because they do have a decent amount of debt on their balance sheets, and uh, it's a capital intensive business refining uh, the, these products. So that's really the biggest worry. It's still a modest company, one point nine billion dollar market cap. Uh, but I like the idea that this could return to the previous level of profitability. And this chart is looking consistently solid over the past, call it six months or so, really since uh, energy bottomed. 
And so I'm going to say I like this as long as you understand that the business maybe haven't changed. I really have to dig into this. I haven't dug into it deeply. But as long as you come out of it saying 12 months from now, 18 months from now, they should get back to pre-pandemic type of business operations, I think you'd be in good shape picking up CVR Energy CVI. Now, my focus point today is concerning this report, sales of newly built homes have slowed to their slowest to lowest pace in a year. Even though it's still a year over year up 9%, you had down 5.9% in the month of May to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 769,000 new single family homes. These are new homes. Northeast and the West, that's where you saw actual growth and flat in the Midwest, but the South was down 14.5%. And the medium sales price of new homes last month was 374000 an 18% increase from last year. The average sales price was 430000 Remember, there's median and then there's average. And you, you see that the average is being dragged up by the high-end homes, maybe million-dollar homes being sold and being built. And, and those are the ones that are, are justified to sell, build and sell in an environment where the lumber prices and input costs continue to go up. In fact, oriented standard board, which is the material used for most uh, things like walls, flooring, roof decks, etc., that was up 380% year over year. And so if you're going to use those materials to build a home, you're probably going to build a more expensive home so you can build in better margins. Now, the supply sitting on the market of new homes is roughly 5.1 months, which is about average. So we've kind of fixed a bit of the supply demand imbalance of new homes, maybe not on existing homes, but on new homes. And the supply continues to, it, it will continue to come on. Seven, the amount of homes that are sold that have not started construction, so people have purchased but have not started construction, that's up 76% over the last year. So the, the pace of the building remains relatively slow as these home builders deal with difficult supply chain issues that are driving up the, the end cost. Now, existing home sales fell for the fourth consecutive month of May, down 0.9%. And the lack of inventory and falling affordability continues to squeeze the first-time home buyers, as though you remember they, they don't have a home to sell and, and use the equity to, to buy up, and so it's becoming a lot harder for that average person, a new home build, new home buyer, to really get into the market. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Your goal of financial freedom will require the right information and effective strategies. So let's talk about whatever is on your mind. Your participation is vital. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations. You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888-99 chart. Hello, this is Paige from Sunnyvale. Thank you so much for your show, which I faithfully listen to and have for a few years. 
I am calling to see what you guys think of the trucking sector right now, in particular Old Dominion Freightline, O-D-F-L, or alternative trucking stock ARCBEST, A-R-C-B. Could you tell me what you think of the industry and between these two stocks, which you would recommend if you think that it's a good value right now? Always love it when you give a buy price. Thank you. All right, looking at two companies, ArcBest and ODFL, which is Old Dominion Freight Lines. And let's take a look. Old Dominion is the third largest less than truckload carrier in the United States. They have more than 240 service centers and looks like they are, they're doing fantastic recently. If you look at their earnings, they are up from $5.11 pre-pandemic, expected to make almost $9 a share next year. So their margins have increased dramatically. We know that this is an environment where a lot of products are moving. There was an increase in demand for products as opposed to services as a lot of services were unavailable to be had. So a lot more money left over to buy things. Also, a lot of demand to buy things, to uh, furnish your, your home for working at home, uh, moving, maybe out of the area. And that certainly uh, brings the demand for new furniture and new products to furnish homes, uh, et cetera. So these are the things that's really driving the demand for trucking and the movement of these, these end products. Now, ArcBest is, let's take a look at what ArcBest does because you wanna make sure that you're comparing like-for-like like companies. ArcBest is a logistics operator. And so it's more asset-based uh, uh, and it's similar but different in, in, in certain ways as well. So you have to understand you're, diff, you're, you're not comparing apples to oranges, but maybe different shades of an apple, right? A gala apple to maybe a Honeycrisp. So they are a bit different, and you have to uh, take that into account. Now, ArcBest, earnings pre-pandemic were 287 expected to make almost 550 next year. So both have similar trajectories uh, when it comes to their, uh, their, their business currently. Now, what I like to do when I'm looking at these is look historically. What has the best profitability? ArcBest is, uh, on average, return equity in the high single digits over the last decade, whereas Old Dominion, that's in the high teens, low 20s. So it, initially, I'm saying Old Dominion looks a, a lot better. They initially, they recently started paying a dividend back in 2017. I've been consistently raising that dividend every single year and still only paying out 10% of their earnings. So I'm going to go with Old Dominion. I think though that's the, that's the better buy here. It's the better company over the long term. And so it has, has had a recent pullback here from a high of about 275. Now we're about 252 down about, see down 8.7 percent from its 52 week high and i'm gonna go with old dominion now, i do think there could be a, a more significant pullback here back to around the 200 day moving average around 220 that's an area that i would be more excited to pick up old dominion and around that price you get a reasonable forward-looking p ratio in the 20s and that would i would be a lot more comfortable with that. So I'm definitely going with old Dominion freight lines over 
ARCVEST. Now let's keep things moving. Go back to the InvestDoc Voice Bank for a call that came in earlier from a listener in Michigan. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Troy calling from Michigan. I just had a quick question about 3M, ticker symbol MMM. I've been watching it run sideways a little bit, at topping out at uh, 202, and it dropped down to 192, and I picked up a small position, and I just wanted to see what you guys would say about that. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Thank you for all your wisdom and guidance. You have a wonderful and blessed day. All right. Had a nice, solid pullback here. About 7.5% off of its 52-week high yields 3.1%. And 3M, another company that's been doing well in the midst of the pandemic, earnings in 2019 were $8.88, expected to make $10.61 next year. As we all know, it's also a consistent business, a very strong, consistent company. Historically, return equity trailing 12 months, 48%, and tends to be very, very high. Uh, so I like 3M. I like the business. I would say around 185, that's a better support area, uh, but I like it overall. So I'm going to give 3M a thumbs up. I like that you're buying on a pullback. Now, there could be a little more in the near term, possibly, like I said, down to 185 or so, but that's still, uh, it's, it's in the ballpark, right? We're at 193 right now. Now, on the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline The Secret Power of Roth Individual Retirement Accounts. Roth IRAs can be very different from traditional 401k plans, and we're going to cover that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy, and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, 
We need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Mohammed. I have a couple questions about ticker symbol VIAC, Viacom CBS. They were recently involved in the ArchGhost hedge fund collapse. I was wondering if this is a buy, hold, or sell. Thank you. All right, looking at Viacom, and he's correct. This is one of the names that really took down uh, what ArchGhost, I think is how you pronounce the, the hedge fund. And they, they over-levered, and they did a lot of things that brought the stock price all the way up. Even if you just go to the end of the year, it was trading right around $35 a share. And it went as high as $100 a share in March and then collapsed quickly at the end of March. And now we're at 42 and change. Now the question is, is this drop a buying opportunity? Now Viacom has earnings expectations of $4.07 a share this year. Sorry, next year which is still down from pre-pandemic levels of $4.84. For everyone out there, what Viacom does is they own uh, CBS in a joint venture with Time Warner. They also own Showtime and Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, VH1, Paramount, uh, CMT, etc. So broad, diversified list of media assets and you would think in this environment that they'd be doing well. Well, not so much. Their their business has certainly stalled over the past number of years as more cord cutting uh, and uh, you know the rise of Netflix and and other streaming platforms. And they've really kind of lagged, to be honest with you. And that's really the issue here is they they've continued to uh, lag when it comes to their profitability. Uh, 2018, they were doing very, very well. But ever since then, the return on equity has fallen from 82% down to 17% trailing 12 months. And that's really uh, th the main issue here. Now, from an earnings perspective, earning $4 on a $42 stock, that's still, that's pretty cheap. So 
if you can if you think that they can utilize their assets more effectively and pivot their strategy in an environment where there's continues to be more cord cutting and more streaming then i think this is a good value but you have to decide whether this is a value trap and that that four dollars will can in earnings will continue to deteriorate from a high in 2018 of five dollars and 87 cents you continue to deteriorate uh, and three years from now, that $4 is now two fifty. Suddenly, this is an expensive stock at $42 a share, and it'll continue to go down. Uh, so it's definitely not my favorite of the media assets that are out there. They have some, some good quality content, but it's also not a slam dunk either. So uh, it's not bad. It's not great. I don't love it. It's just kind of eh for me because I, I don't see a clear-cut strategy that I have high confidence will work. Could work, just not high confidence. Now, you've heard me mention that we get calls from all across America. And here comes a question from a listener in Idaho from 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Nick calling from Idaho. I have a question about Sunrun, R-U-N. It had a high volume up a day on June 17th, and it's down about 50% from its January high. And I'm wondering if this is capitulation indicating a bottom and a buy point. Thanks for everything you guys do. Bye. Well, I like that you're looking at high volume and trying to find capitulation points for a stock that's been down. Because that oftentimes is a, a great buying opportunity, especially if you have confidence in the business and the long-term trajectory of the company. In this case, though, this is after it bottomed pretty substantially in uh, mid-early May. It was right around $40 or so. And this high-volume move on, like you said, June 17th was actually a breakout above the 50-day moving average. And so this to me wasn't capitulation. This was a breakout on high volume. And we've continued higher in that sense. Even though it was down $3 today, we're at 52.84 at the close today. Uh, I, I kind of like this recent move. Now, it does need to consolidate here a bit more to break through that 100-day moving average, which currently sits at 54 spot 11. Uh, so technically, there's a lot of improvement. Like you said, that high volume move, the MACD is starting to move above the zero line, which is positive as well. And if you get more talk about stimulus packages that will support the solar industry, and that's what Sunrun does. They are engaged in the installation and leasing of solar energy systems to residential customers, which is a competitive market, to be honest with you. And that's that's the big question here is, how are they going to compete in a competitive market? They were doing very well uh, around 2017. They made 86 cents a share, but in 2020, lost $1.24. Clearly, that was COVID-related. People can go around. I know I, I have people I know, uh, friends, that they're in the solar industry. They do a lot of door knocking and, and selling uh, insta or solar systems door-to-door, -door, and you can do that during the pandemic. And that certainly opened up and, and helped their business over the past couple of quarters where revenue last quarter is up 59%. So the question is, can you get this returning to something uh, a year, two, three years from now to at least a dollar in earnings? You're still trading at 52 times, a potential years out view of maybe uh, earnings. But maybe analysts are offside as well. Analysts are expecting them to lose 31 cents next year. They were profitable pre-pandemic. So 
I'm kind of giving this, I, I, I kind of like this recent breakout. Uh, I don't, still don't like that they don't make money. I still don't like that it's a very competitive industry. Uh, and even when they were making money, their cash flows were negative. They've been issuing a lot of shares from 55 million shares outstanding in 2015 to 160 million last uh, trailing 12 months. 2020 is 140 million. So they continue to issue more shares. And that's my issue here as well is that their profitability is just all over the place. But if you want access to the solar industry, this is one of the, the most prominent ways to get exposure to continued solar panels on roofs, which is, I think, a trend that has years and years to go. And governments are likely to support through tax credits and other things to uh, this type of green initiative. And so to me, it's, it's a mixed bag here. Uh, but I like the technicals. I like the industry. I just don't like the the performance of the underlying fundamentals, and that's why it would make me. It would. I struggle to pull pull the trigger on something like this. But hey, if you are willing to take that risk, the fundamentals. Sorry, the technicals are at least lining up. This call came in earlier on the Invest Talk Anytime line at eight at eight ninety nine chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Bennett from Georgia. Can you guys take a look at stock ticker KO? Thank you. All right. This is Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola's had a, a strong run. Like the rest of the market, 52-week low is $43.50. Now we're at $54, just barely off the 52-week high. Uh, little modest pullback here over the past few weeks. Earnings next year is supposed to be $2.36. Still trading at a uh, high P ratio of 27 in a business. I don't think I need to tell you what Coke does. It's Coke. $234 billion market cap. Nice, solid 3.1% dividend yield. But you're trading at um, pretty high multiples for a low growth business. Remember, you don't just look at multiples in a vacuum. You have to understand them in context to their longer term growth trajectory. And Coke has been trading at a, a high multiple for many years now, but it's been consistently a slow grower. It, it's mature business. There's not a whole lot more for it to, to do on the upside. Uh, when, when it comes to revenue, you're talking about currently revenue growth year over year, about 5%. And that's about in line with their average growth rate over the last three decades. So it's a consistent grower. It's a slow grower, uh, but it grows about the overall growth of the overall economy. Nominal GDP growth. And so, you know, do I get excited to hear enterprise value to revenue eight times, which is near historic high? Yeah, right near historic high. Hasn't been this high since the dot-com bubble, 2000. So I just don't see a lot of value here doesn't get me excited. I think there's better use for the money. But if you're looking to kind of click, click, clip that nice 3% coupon, hey, you'll do okay. Now, 2021 feels like it is moving fast. Uh, I know we have uh, less than a week left in the first quarter. First quarter, second quarter, excuse me. How many more trading days? Four more trading days. That's it in the fourth, in the second quarter. And this market is starting to see a bit of volatility. And I've said this before, you have to be prepared for a second half of the year with uh, a bit more 
variability to uh, the returns that you're going to get from various asset classes and sectors. And so I think it's worth taking a minute to let you know that you can reach out to us. We can help you in some way, whether it's a quick conversation about uh, a bit of advice on a position or the portfolio as a whole, a full portfolio review, which we do for free via telephone or go to meetings. And whether we're here on air or off air, we're providing unbiased guidance and practicing parallel investing with our clients. So we'd be happy to discuss anything that's on your mind. And you can reach out to us through investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. Talk to us just for a few minutes, like I said, and we can help you. Now we're here taking your calls live. If you dial our toll-free number, 888-99-CHART. Next up, we will be answering a question that came in from our Invest Talk listener line from Ireland. We will play that next. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com or reach out to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein by emailing or calling their Irvine, California office. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. Hi guys, uh, Barry from Ireland here. Just wondering what you thought of Nano X Imaging. And this is N-N-O-X. Love the show. Thanks very much. Oh, this is Nano X Imaging. They are out of Israel. And they're engaged in the business of manufacturing medical imaging systems. $1.3 billion market cap. And do I see any revenue? This is a zero revenue company. So that's my issue here is I don't like these type of businesses. This is recently IPO'd. And you can see after the, the lockup period, six months or so, that was uh, IPO'd in August of last year. Lockup period was earlier this year. And suddenly it fell out of bed from a high of $90 a share. Now it's down to $29.84. Its 52-week low is down at $19.05. So it's had a nice bounce from there in, in May, but it still remains in a downtrend with no revenue and losing money, and this sounds just like a story stock. And I'm not an investor in story stocks. I want to know that there's actually a business here that makes sense, and I have no indication that's the truth. So this looks like actually a pretty good short. Now let's try to fit in one more question now at 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Donald, and I'm from Pennsylvania. I had a question about a company called Coupang, CPNG. They're projected uh, like an Amazon style of uh, e-commerce company from uh, in, in Korea. Um, I was wondering if you think it's a 
a good buy uh, for forward possible, you know, a good company in the future. So I appreciate you guys looking at this and give me your, your feeling on is it worth throwing some money at to see if it's going to turn out to be something like an Amazon. I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. This is Kuping and... This is out of South Korea, and they are an e-commerce platform. They sell apparel, electronics, footwear, food products, furniture, nutrition supplements, and uh, all, a lot of other types of, uh, of uh, products. Pretty big company from a market cap perspective, $66 billion. And if you're looking at earnings, last sales last quarter were $4.2 billion. Pretty good, up 74% year over year, still losing money. Uh, but technically, it just continues to be in a downtrend, and that's my main issue here. Is that it's just uh, it's ever since it's IPO'd in March, uh, it hit a high of sixty-seven dollars and continues to just grind lower. And although they're expected to lose less money in twenty twenty-two than this year, they're still losing money. It's a sixty-six billion dollar company. If I'm going to pay sixty-six billion dollars for a company. I want to know that they're actually going to make some money. And I don't see that yet. Now, a lot of the data, because it's such a new company, is uh, is not all there. Uh, so I would really need to get a bit more data. But the technicals aren't lining up for me. And therefore, I'd pass. All right. Now we're heading into our final break. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Let's take a quick look at your financial to-do list. At the top, make that phone call to the Invest Talk Anytime listener line. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, gentlemen. This is Andrew calling from Utah. I've got a question about kind of portfolio management. 32 years old, I consider myself fairly aggressive. And, you know, over the last year, I've gotten uh, some pretty good returns in the market and I've, I've taken a lot of profits. And in my portfolio, I've started to grow a significant cash position of about 45, 50% of, of my overall portfolio. I'd just love to get your thoughts on, you know, how to best allocate that going forward. Is it something I should dollar cost average? If you guys can give me some advice on what to do with those profits, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Well, the first is to have an allocation target. Understand how you want your portfolio to look. What is your end goal for the portfolio? Is it to be more conservative? Is it to get aggressive again? And you want to own certain companies, certain positions, and maybe you buy those companies on a pullback as you see them drop 5, 10, 15%. So really the end message is have an allocation target that you can start allocating towards. It doesn't have to be all at once. We do that with clients. Clients come in. We don't put all the money to work at once. It takes uh, months uh, sometimes to get onto our full allocation target for a particular strategy, and we'll buy those at opportunistic times. So what that end goal will be, it's hard for me to tell you that without understanding your, your end goals, your risk tolerance, etc. but you have to figure that out for yourself and then start that allocation process. Great question, and uh, glad you've taken some profits and maybe rethinking about your portfolio. 
Now let's touch quickly before we close on retirement. And there are a couple strategies that you can have in retirement. The first is to invest your investable assets for income, dividend stocks, bonds, etc. And there's also a strategy which is invest for total return, meaning that you don't care about what the income is to the portfolio as long as the portfolio value is growing and you sell positions or uh, take money out as needed, as opposed to just pulling that income out of the portfolio. Now, there's a great study. This is uh, from Morningstar, and they had some assumptions for this portfolio. Annual return about 7%, 8% standard deviation, 3% annual inflation rate, and a 30-year time horizon upon retirement. Now, what they looked at are a few things that can help you up your withdrawal rate from 4% and maybe go higher. Now, the first thing is improving portfolio returns, going from 7% to 8%, and then maybe dropping standard deviation, dropping that volatility a bit. And both, of the, if you do those combined, increase from 7 to 8% in your uh, return and then dropping standard deviation from 8 to 6%, you can actually increase your overall uh, withdrawal rate to close to 5% per year from 4%. And this is inflation adjusted. So you, instead of starting at four, you'd start at 5%. Now, problem is you don't know that you're going to outperform. You don't know that your volatility is going to be lower than expected. That's always difficult to figure out. Next, what's under in, your, in more of your control, which is working longer. If you just work two extra years, you can up that 4% withdrawal rate to 4.7%. Why? Because you get to save more, grow the money, more aggressively over those final couple of years, and your time horizon is only 28 years versus the 30 years. So that can help dramatically as well. One other interesting that they looked at when studying actual retiree uh, actions is that instead of increasing their consumption with inflation, they actually lag inflation. So if inflation is 2%, on average, they only increase their withdrawal rate, their, uh, their expenses by 1% a year. And this, is, this has a profound impact over time, almost the same as if you earned an extra 1% from your, your portfolio. So never assume that, but understand that that is likely a possibility as well. So there's a lot of ways that you can squeeze more out of your retirement dollars, and you have to understand all those levers. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. 
Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.